Al Jazeera Podcasts. He's a TikTok and Instagram star. And proclaims himself the world's coolest dictator. El Salvador's Nayib Bukele is proudly ruling his country with an iron fist. The gang members are stupid. We're not going to back down. We are not even going to stay the same. What we are going to do is intensify this war against gangs. It's part of a massive crackdown on crime. Under his leadership, 74,000 people have been in prison since 2022. And human rights groups say he suspended civil liberties in the process. The report alleges there have been widespread beatings, torture, and more than 150 people who've died in El Salvador's prisons since March 2022. With homicide rates down and gangs no longer ruling the streets, the country is safer than it has been in decades. His approval rating hovers around 90%, in part because he did what many thought was impossible, reclaim the streets from the gangs. We couldn't go out with the kids around here. Because of him, there are a lot of changes. At night, I didn't go through here before because I was scared. Bukele is likely to win in a landslide re-election this Sunday. But is El Salvador sacrificing democracy for security. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Manny Rapolo covers Latin America for Al Jazeera. He's currently in El Salvador for the upcoming election, and he says you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who isn't familiar with Nayib Bukele, the millennial president of Palestinian descent, who was the youngest leader in Latin America when he was first elected. Nayib Bukele, at this point, is probably the most popular president in all of Latin America, if not the world. He's uh, charismatic, he's young, he's perfectly polished. He's a salesman, first and foremost, an expert marketer, And then that's his background at the end of the day, right? He's a publicist, so he knows very much what he's doing. He knows how to control the narrative. And that's what he's done in El Salvador for the last five years. It's not an achievement per se to be young, but I think that this new generation has been surrounded by different things in a world that is totally globalized and interconnected. Manny says Bukele knows how to turn associations that might usually be seen as negative into positives. He may be the first influencer president, if you think about it. Coolest dictator in the world, right? That phrase made it into Bukele's Twitter bio back in 2021. That is him appropriating something that was said negatively about him. People saying that he's autocratic. He knows how to manipulate perfectly the things that are said about him in a negative space, twist them and turn it into something positive. Like early on in when he was a presidential candidate, when a sort of career politician, very well-respected politician in El Salvador had called him a uh, jovencito, a young man. Don't listen to him because he's jovencito. He turned that into a hashtag, you're too young. And that became a sort of rallying cry in, in El Salvador. 
But behind the PR is a darker reality. Bukele declared a state of emergency, also known as a state of exception, in 2022. Since then, Salvadoran security forces have imprisoned tens of thousands of people. About 2% of El Salvador's adult population is currently behind bars, and it has rights groups concerned about civil liberties. Manny told us what that's actually looked like on the ground. So when we talk about suspension of civil liberties, it almost sounds like, oh, it's theoretical, right? How does that actually affect me? But it's, it's, it's a lot of things. The state of exception detailed that people who were suspected of being members of a gang could be picked up off the street, arrested, and there would be no due process. It could be weeks before they would see a lawyer or have a chance to, to, to be in front of a judge. When we talk about suspension of civil liberties, this is like the freedom to assemble, you know, just to, to be out on the street in a, in a group. The reasonable expectation of privacy, your home could be invaded and you can be taken from your home. Uh, so it is it is quite a long list of things that people are given up in terms of personal freedoms that are pretty scary. When the crackdown began, images of arrested Salvadorans caught the world's attention. Stripping and humiliating inmates, even putting rival gangs into overcrowded cells together. These are images that traveled the world, and I can't think of anybody who hasn't seen these images of uh, prisoners with bald heads, many of them covered in tattoos, in their white underwear, being corralled by heavily armed guards in a, one of the largest prisons in the world, if not the largest prison in the world. These are very shocking images. And it's unclear how long this state of exception will last. Every 30 days, the Congress, which is controlled by Bukele's party, Nuevas Ideas, just like the Supreme Court is going to, he has total control of all three branches of government. But every 30 days, Congress votes to renew the state of exception so that the military and security forces can continue to carry out these arrests of, of alleged gang members. I asked the security minister, how much longer will we be seeing these votes? How much longer will this state of exception be allowed to continue? has the exception become the rule? And I didn't get a straightforward answer, but basically alluded to as long as it takes, right? I, I don't see a change in this, in, in, in this policy anytime soon, and the government hasn't hinted at this ending anytime soon. But Manny says Bukele's government has pushed back against criticism from international human rights groups over his policies. The argument that you hear from the government is, where was the outrage when these gangs were out there on the streets doing whatever they wanted, when they controlled the prisons? Where was the outrage from the international community? Where was the outrage from human rights groups? So there is this sort of response by Salvadoran authorities that the attitudes from the international community and the attitudes from international human rights observers are very paternalistic. Within El Salvador, the picture is more complicated. Manny says people feel safer than they felt in years. That's something Manny understands himself. Not just as a journalist, but as, as a hunter. And I feel like I have these sort of conflicting things in, in my mind in terms of how I personally feel about Bukele. Because as a hunter and as a Central American, 
I understand perfectly the problems that plague El Salvador or that plagued El Salvador rather before Bukele, which was gang violence, widespread gang violence. It was a mess. People were literally being terrorized. For three decades, violent transnational gangs like MS-13 and Barrio 18 have controlled the lives of millions of Salvadorans. They've extorted, killed, kidnapped, and raped with impunity. So I understand why this hardline approach that leads to the suspension of certain civil liberties is a pretty easy trade for someone who has known nothing but gang violence for the last 30 years. One of the first places that we visited when we arrived in El Salvador was a community called Vista al Lago, which is sort of in the outskirts of San Salvador. This was one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in El Salvador. It's kind of in the, the bottom of a valley. I wouldn't know how to, how to best describe the geography of this place, but there's only one way in and one way out, which made it especially dangerous, even for security forces trying to, to, to come in to police uh, the area. This is an area where rape was common, where bodies were often buried. Specifically, this was an area controlled by MS-13. I spoke with uh, several people in that neighborhood, including this lady who owns a little uh, clothing shop who said that she just never left her house unless she really, really had to. She has a daughter and a granddaughter. This is a household full of women and they just wouldn't go out out of fear or sexual assault. Manny was visiting this community on Wednesday and the woman he was speaking to, Isabel Gonzalez, told him the security situation has improved. Yes, things have changed. Because you can walk around freely, you know? I think, and actually it's not what I think, it's a fact. What the president did with the state of exception removed many people who were harmful to El Salvador. Things really have improved. I spoke with a, a local pastor for this community. We sat in a playground that had once been a place where bodies used to get dumped in this neighborhood. And what he said was like, two years ago, there was no way we could have been just sitting there having a conversation and not been afraid for our lives. But you could walk the streets of Vista Lago today and have you know, a soda on the side of the street. People are jogging. People are, are walking their dogs. People really do seem pretty safe and, and, and happy. But there are concerns about how long that might continue and at what cost. That's after the break. On the next Necessary Tomorrows, can humans and AI be kin? We meet Cree artist Archer Pachawis. I would like to take the AI back to the res and like go to ceremonies with it, right? And teach it about our spiritual protocols in the hopes of deepening our relationship. And theorist Douglas Rushkoff. The AI that we launched was capitalism back in the 12th and 13th century. That is the program that is running. And artificial intelligence is running inside capitalism. Indigenous AI, Unnecessary Tomorrows, a new podcast by Doha Debates and Al Jazeera. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. As El Salvador heads to vote on Sunday, 
there's not a lot of anticipation over whether or not Nayib Bukele will be reelected. You hear about like the popularity, right? Like 90% approval rating or more than 80% approval rating. You think that everybody's just going to be like, oh my God, Bukele was handpicked by God. You get that. Some people do say that, right? People who are content, who are happy with the way the country has essentially turned around over the, just the last two years, where you went to 0.3 homicides a day. But there is also this sense of worry over what's coming next. I had pupusas for breakfast with a friend of mine that I went to college with in the United States, who is Salvadoran and came back to El Salvador three years ago uh, just to visit and then decided to stay. She's like, okay, well, things have changed here. Maybe I can actually build a life here. In the last three years, she says that it's been, it really has been amazing, but she's very worried about what's coming next. We're not just talking about a suspension of civil liberties. There have been changes made to the Salvadoran constitution to allow for re-election. Before Bukele, El Salvador historically limited presidents to a single term. But in 2021, he appointed judges to the country's constitutional court. They interpreted the rules in a way that would allow him to run again. We know where that path leads. And I feel like the sense that I get from a lot of not just average uh, Salvadorans who say, oh, we're worried over certain autocratic tendencies, the warnings are there from the experts. Changing a constitution to allow for re-election smells like the first steps of autocracy. Why does it smell like that? Because we've seen that happen before in countries like Nicaragua, in countries like Venezuela. I think there, that it is a legitimate warning when you know that when people trade their personal freedoms, their civil liberties, and their democracy for peace and security, it's making a long-term sacrifice for short-term gains. So I think that that is a concern for what's coming in, a, in El Salvador. I was speaking to one political analyst uh, with the civil liberties organization here in San Salvador who was saying that like there will be a time probably where Salvadorans will sort of wake up and realize, hey, things are peaceful now, but what happened to our democracy? That wake-up call will probably be at a point where it's too late. Because right now, his popularity is overwhelming. And I don't know if what they like or what people gravitate toward is the persona, the idea of Bukele, this polished image, this guy who really has turned the country around in terms of, of security. But there's a lot of other problems in El Salvador. Poverty is still a massive problem in El Salvador, and that hasn't been fixed. Extreme poverty and hunger have risen during Bukele's time in office. Many voters noted the skyrocketing costs of food and housing that stretch monthly expenses beyond income. And I think, you know, for a president that's as popular as Bukele, I guess the conventional wisdom would be like, okay, well, he's going to have another term. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt, trust in his plan, and he's successful in reducing the homicide rate almost to zero, maybe he can fix education, maybe he can fix healthcare, maybe he can um, bring down inflation and do something to make El Salvador not one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. But it's at what cost? Still, many says many leaders in the region are drawing inspiration from Bukele and are looking to copy his style of leadership. 
You hear from people all over Latin America, especially in countries that have high levels of, of violence and insecurity, is the phrase is, is ubiquitous. We need a Bukele. You hear it in Honduras constantly. We need someone like Bukele. And um, I think it's scary when you hear from world leaders when they say they want to adopt the Bukele model, right? Because what is the Bukele model? The Bukele model is to violate the constitution, to assume all of the control of the state and really have no accountability. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ashish Malhotra, Chloe K. Lee, and Sariel Khalili, with Nagin Oliayi, Miranda Lynn, Khalid Sultan, David Enders, Amy Walters, Sonia Bagat, Zainab Badr, Veronisa Campana, and me, Malika Bilal. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back. <laughs>